We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So let's get over to the defense and let's start with the defensive line. Cause this one is very interesting. This mm-hmm. might be the position we had the most disagreement sort of there's one guy. There's two guys that we have no disagreement on and there's a yes. defensive end and a defensive tackle. They're both a Clemson and that is miles Murphy at defensive end. I think miles is in the conversation for one of the best defensive ends in the player in the country, pure defensive end. If you want to get into the debate of whether or not Will Anderson is considered a defensive end or not, that's the only reason I would say, uh, I mean, if Will Anderson's considered a defensive end, then he's the best in the country. And then Miles and Isaiah Foskey and guys like that are in the conversation for number two. But either way, this kid is a this kid's a good football player, a really, really good football player. His stats are, you know, it's funny you watch him play, Ryan, and I watched him play a lot last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, man, this kid is a monster. And then you kind of look at his stats and you're like, 14 tackles for loss, seven ta- seven sacks, 38 total tackles. You're like, it just felt like he was better than that last year. Just, And I think that's the thing. You you got to watch him play to really get an appreciation for how good this kid is. You really I, do. I, I'll say this about the this, this scheme, and it, obviously it's Brett Venables who's now over at Oklahoma. It's a really chaotic system. I like it to a degree because, I mean, you – there's a lot of pressure that is that is applied to an offensive system. The gap on sounds and there's a, I like a lot of the stuff in their scheme, Brian. But I also do think that they didn't take advantage of how good Miles Murphy can just be on a one on one basis. You know, mm-hmm. like they're slanting him a ton, they're two gapping him some, some, they're working him inside at times. Just put him on the edge, man. Yeah, let, let him play five, let him play seven, and let him just go, man. Like right. he's just that type of dude where. Working from wider alignments, I think that just speed, the power conversion, he's just he, – the length is silly. Like, he's just such a good football player. And this, the stats should be a lot better than they are. But you could see on – we're film guys, so when you watch him play, I mean, he's just – they can't stop him. He's just that type yeah. of player. He's yeah. overwhelming. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Trade Coffee sent us two new flavors after my wife filled out their quiz. Big City French Roast from Joe Coffee in New York City and Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters in Massachusetts. The Black Velvet was a dark roast with a note of burnt sugar, graham cracker, and malted milk balls. It was a very rich but smooth flavor that reminded her a bit of her favorite dessert, creme brulee. The Big City French Roast was also a dark roast, which is right up my wife's alley. And it was flavored with burnt sugar, baking chocolate, and roasted almonds. The smell in the kitchen while she was preparing a cup of coffee put a smile on my face, and she said the taste was even better and sweeter. And she didn't pick these flavors. They were chosen by Trade after she filled out a short quiz. You gotta give this a try. And Trade Coffee connects customers to the freshest and best tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. These are independent businesses from big cities and small towns. Trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. Trade's coffee team actually taste tests thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you and Trade's human-powered algorithm will find it. Trade is so confident they'll match you right the first time that if they don't, they'll take your feedback and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send you a brand new bag for free. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping and handling when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash Irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $30 off. Uh, he is their best defensive lineman. And I know Brian Breezy gets a lot of the publicity, and I'm not quite sure why. We both have him on our all defensive tack on our all def- opponent list at defensive tackle for one, two reasons. One, it's not a lot of great defensive tackles on the Rams schedule. There just isn't, at least not proven guys. Like we could go Talik Williams and, you know, but he's, I mean, he didn't play a lot last year. I think I, I actually kind of would be understandable that argument, but he's got to show me more. I went with, uh, another guy, but Brian Breezy's both on both of our lists for because of number one, his talent, just God given ability, is so significantly greater than anybody else on this list. And number two, I'm projecting, I'm projecting this year that he's going to have a breakout year. His production, his first two years, is not something that you should look at and say, "Boy, this guy, this guy's phenomenal." But he also part of that's injuries. I mean, he had six and a half tackles for loss and four sacks as a true freshman, and then last year he only played four games, had three tackles for loss, one and a half sacks. He's having a good start to the year, you know, 12 tackles, you know, good start to the year. 
but he was even banged up at the beginning of the year. He was never healthy last year. So it, this is a pure projection pick for us of having mm-hmm. Brian Breezy there. And the projection comes from this kid is absurdly gifted talent, talent wise. He's just got to, he's just got to stay healthy and put it all together. Brian, there's times where they put him on the edge and he bends the outside track At like six, a five, small 300 defense plus. Band. Yeah, he is a – I mean, you want to talk about just pound-for-pound pound best athletes on this list? It's probably Brian Bercy. Like, he is just a silly, silly athlete, man. Like, they play him anywhere from shade, nose, all the way out to, like, nine techs sometimes, man. Like, he's playing everywhere yeah. for Clemson. And, no, we haven't seen the best of him yet. But I'll say this. This is a style comparison. This is not saying that this guy is going to have this impact in college to this degree. But he plays a lot like Indomitian Sue, a lot. I'm not saying that he's going to be Indomitian Sue in college, but just from a physical strength perspective and just having some silly flexibility for his size, the kid has special, special gifts, man. He really does. You could tell me right now that Brian Brissy is a top five player in next year's draft, and I'd be like, I got it. I get it. Yeah. I, I completely understand. He is he's as physically gifted of a defensive tackle as you'll see That's that's gone through college the last few years. It's just about staying healthy and – maximizing his gifts. I He's another player where I don't think Clemson, when he's been on the field even has used him properly all yeah. the time. I think that he's got a lot more upside as a penetration style player. If he hits, man, he is a special, special athlete. I think we're actually going to see more of that this year based on what I saw in the bowl. Now, again, this is just a bowl game and I don't put a lot on bowl games. And we've talked about this with Notre Dame and their bowl game. And I feel the same way about all bowl games, but it just seemed to me like they were still blitzing in different things, but it just didn't seem like it was as, as intense as it was under Venables. And I worked under Venables and, and it was, mm-hmm. it, the system worked not because it was sound, but because he knew how to make it work. Like Organized I would not recommend. Chaos. Yes. Organized I would not chaos. recommend other coaches doing what Brent Venables did. It was unique well, to well, him. The- there is a person that does it, and it has not been successful. What, what is the guy? Alex Grinch is the yeah. same type of style, yeah. and it has not worked. Well, John Tanuta tried to be that way, and I never thought his yeah. defense was that good. Uh, right. And whenever he played in leagues that were actually good, he, he wasn't good. So, yes, I, I I agree with you. I mean, Venables is just just kind of like the air raid. There's people that try to do what, what Mike Leach does, and it just doesn't work for them the way it does for Mike Leach. I mean, right. just – you know, so you've, you, if you got, a, if you're a master of something, then you'll be successful of it. Let's do the other two positions because this, these, this is a one that's a little bit more challenging. Let's the second defensive end. Honestly, you went with. Uh, let's let's just go with your pick. Yeah, I went with Tyler Beatty, who plays at BYU. He's a really long kid, six five, two hundred seventy pounds. He kind of plays a little bit between a even an odd man front in BYU system, but he's a very disruptive football player. And, and he had some production last year, but I think he's really going to break out. So yeah. that's, that's the guy that I, I just didn't want to make it too redundant with this list. And I want to give him some play because he's a really underrated yeah. football player. In my opinion, I just, I got to see more from him. I, I yeah. you know, his numbers didn't knock my socks off his film. I mean, you, I, I see where you're coming from, like looking at it from like an NFL draft projection mm-hmm. kind of standpoint. I just got to see it more. I, I wasn't as blown away by him, but I, but I also am like, I don't know who else to put on there. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to make this an entirely Clemson defensive line thing because I'd be lazy. And, you know, I, I, I want to go with one of the Ohio state defensive ends. I just don't know which one's going to break out as the guy. Is right. it going to be Jack Sawyer? Is it going to be JT? Is it going to be Zach Harrison? I don't know who it's going to be. Give me JT or Jack. Give me one of the rising sophomores. And that's my second end. I think one of them's going to break out, be a good player this year. Uh, will he be a star? Remains to be seen, but at least going to be a good player. And they could both break out and be good players this year. I, I just 
just Ryan, it's put, put, underwhelming. Put, put your stamp, man. You got to yeah. pick one. You got to. I'll probably one. go. I'll probably go Jack. I'll probably go JT. It's probably my prediction and be the best because I think I think he'll be a, a little bit better. I mean, he's a power player. You know, Jack's more of a edge rusher. I think as an every down run, and I think Jack may have better numbers. But I think JT is going to be the better all around player in my opinion this year. It's just my prediction. Uh, I think he's more talent, just overall talented as well. So I like Jack Sawyer coming out of high school. I, I didn't buy the whole this is a top five national player kind of thing with him. Mm-hmm. I thought JT belonged in that conversation. So that's my projection. I just I don't feel great about the defensive ends. Defensive tackle, I feel more comfortable with. Uh, I went with Tui, Tuli, Tui, Polo, Tui Polotu from USC. He played end last year, and I thought he was out of position. He was, he was mm-hmm. a good year. He had a good year last year for USC. But I thought he played out of position. I don't think he's an edge player. And and he played edge in, in sort of their weird three-down type of defense. You know, I don't know what USC was doing half the freaking time last year. But his production was really good. 48 tackles, seven and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks. I think he's going to play more uh, kind of a defensive tackle type of role. He'll be on the edge of times, but kind of a defensive tackle role is what he's projected to play in that Alex Grinch defense for USC. I think they're going to turn him losing. He's going to be a good pass rusher. I think he's going to be productive. Uh, Mm -hmm. And he answers the bell every week. And that's why I went with him over Tyler Davis because I just haven't seen Tyler Davis be Tyler Davis since his freshman year. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. But I think, Ryan, you you think there's a chance he's going to be healthy and get back to being that guy again this year because he was on your your defensive tackle list. This was a tough one for me, Brian. First and foremost, I didn't watch Tooley, so like I didn't know enough about him, to be honest with you. My biggest question was, I think Talik Williams is going to be a breakout star. That probably mm-hmm. would have been my pick if it wasn't Tyler Davis, but I just think that Tyler Davis, if healthy, because I'm not going to project him to be banged up again, but if he's healthy, I think he's a good football player, man. Like He's rock solid. There's nothing sexy or flashy about him, right? But like he's not the biggest guy in the world, but like he just plays with good leverage. He plays hard, and I mean – He's had moments where he's been one of the maybe the most consistent defensive linemen on Clemson over the last few years when he's been healthy. I know it's been few and far between, but I think that if he's able to put a, a healthy season together, I think Tyler Davis is a really rock solid defensive lineman, and I think he's he's an invaluable player for their for Clemson's defense because he also has that leadership quality stuff. Yeah. So like I. I, I do like Tyler Davis for, as a college football player. NFL draft is a completely different conversation, yeah. but I think he's a really good college football player when healthy. I just – I wish he was back to being the guy he was as a freshman because as a freshman he was really good. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy the last two years. So – but I'll tell you what, if he gets back – if you're right – not right, but if if your projection for him is what it turns out to be, I, that's – defensive line is going to be stupid. Yeah, we're not even talking about guys like Xavier Thomas and Casey gonna, Henry. Yeah, and... exactly. It's like, oh, Xavier <laughs> Thomas is hurt. Okay, that means I guess they have to start KJ Henry. Gee, poor Clemson. I don't know how they're going to. I know. I, I actually watched KJ Henry, man. I'm like, he's not a bad little player. No. Like, he's, he's pretty good. <laughs> he was a little overrated coming to high school as like a five star guy. He's not that, but he's a good football player. He's a good football player. Let's go linebacker. We have one pick that is easy, uh, and that is yes. speaking to Clemson. Let's just get our Clemson. This is our last Clemson pick, so let's get our Clemson picks out of the way. Uh, Trent Simpson, to me, is the best linebacker Notre Dame is going to face this year, and I don't think it's all that close, to be completely honest with you. No, no. He's – I mean, Brian, he plays – so last year he played the Isaiah Simmons role, right, in the four-two-five. so he's playing in space a ton. He's 6'3", 230-plus pounds. This year he's going to play Will Linebacker in their system, so he's going to oh, play in a yeah. more stacked position, and – 
He's got some physicality and he is incredibly athletic, man. Like they say he runs between four, three high and four, two low mm-hmm. at that size. And he changes direction so quick. And it's just, it's some silly fluidness for his size. And he had some tackle for loss numbers last year. He had some sack numbers. I think that that tackle number overall though, is just going to just skyrocket this year. If he stays healthy, man, he's a special athlete. Could be the first linebacker taken in next year's draft as well. Like he's that type of athlete. So he's, I think mm-hmm. he has a good, I think he has a pretty good chance to be in the best linebacker in all of college football next year. Like I would yeah. not, I don't think that's unreasonable to project. He's going to have a chance. There's no doubt about it. He's going to have a chance. Uh, we had another agreement at linebacker. That's Michael. Is it? It's Michael, right? Is how you pronounce his name. M I K E L. Michael. Michael. Michael, Michael mm-hmm. uh, Jones from Syracuse. Syracuse has a very underrated defense. At least the back seven, their front, their front's a little bit, and that's where they kind of have some issues. Is their front's not that great, but they have a really good. Put it like this: We're going to do position group rankings, and Syracuse is the top group in one position, and was at least in the conversation at another. On and they were both on defense, which doesn't do justice to the numbers they put up last year. But I think that has a lot to do with just how bad their front four is, and also how bad their offense was last year. But. Yes. Michael Jones is really good football player, really productive football player. Uh, last year had 110 tackles and 60 solos. So he's not a guy that, you know, when, when you see a linebacker over hundred tackles and he's got more solos than assists, you know, that guy's a good football player because where you'll see is like, Oh, a guy had 120 tackles and he had like 50 solos and like 70 assisted tackles. He was the other way around. He was 60 solo, 50 unassisted. Uh, that's just a kid that's around the ball a lot. Just a lot. And he had six games last year, Ryan, with at least 10 tackles for loss, including against Clemson last year in a game where Syracuse's defense played phenomenal, had their best game of the year. He had 10 solo tackles against Clemson last year. He's a really good football player. He, uh, I actually met him, Brian, when he was uh, he came out of IMG Academy. So I actually met him. We went down to the IMG Academy Media Day one year, and he was he was in the same class with Evan Neal and Noah Kane and that, that Nolan Smith and that group. And I thought Michael then was was pretty underrated football player, which is why he ended up at Syracuse, right? But he's been a mainstay of that team for years now, and he's mm-hmm. really athletic kid. Like he moves well in space. Yeah, I won't call him a thumper, but like he's just always around the football. Man. He's productive. So, I mean, yes, yeah, extremely yeah. productive. He's he six one two twenty. He's not going to look yeah. like Manti when he arrives at the football. No, you know, no. But, but he's a, he's he's instinctually good football player, and he's a good athlete, man. He's right. just always around the football. It's just point blank to it. Last year finished with 110 tackles, 13 tackles for loss, four sacks. And then the year before, in 2020, he had four interceptions. Yes. And he played a little bit different role, if I remember correctly, that year. But here's the thing, too, that I like about him, Ryan. He has he didn't have, like, games where, like, you're like, okay, yeah, you padded your stats in that game, dude. He had right. maybe, you could argue, maybe one game like that in the bowl game against or the end of the season against Pitt. He had 16 tackles. He had 10 assisted tackles, but he still had six solos in that game to get to 16 tackles, but like the tackles for loss number, he had 13, but he didn't have a single game with more than two and a half. I mean, there wasn't like that game of five that, you know, against Albany that pumped up his stats. I mean, the two worst teams they played last year were Albany and Ohio. He had one tackle for loss in each game. He had two and a half against Rutgers, two against Liberty. He had two and a half against NC state, two against Pitt. This kid's just a good football player, Ryan, and a productive football player. And there's something to be said for that. There's absolutely something to be said for that. The third linebacker, we had a little bit of a disagreement on. Uh, not different disagreement, but difference of opinion on. Yours was? Peyton Wilgar from BYU. Another kid that was pretty productive last year. Just 
He's he's what BYU always trots out there at linebacker, man. Like he's just outside of Fred Warner, they just always have these tough dudes who are decent athletes and are always around the football. That's Peyton Wilgar. There's nothing from a physical perspective that like pops. Like he's like 6'1, 6'2, 230 pounds. Just a tough football player. And he's a productive football player. And I wanted to include him in the list just because I think he's very underrated across the across college football. I think he's one of the better linebackers, or I should say more underrated linebackers in the nation. And after, again, after Trenton Simpson and Michael Jones, I was just kind of like, eh, like you could have went a couple different ways, but like there wasn't a bunch of like easy slam dunk options. So went with Peyton Wilgar from BYU. I understand. We were coming from. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of great. Li- well, let me rephrase. There's not a lot of proven linebackers coming back. I think there's some kids sure. that could could be good players this year on the schedule, and we'll get to some of them. Somebody mentioned one of them in the chat uh, for Clemson. We'll get to that here in a little bit. For me, Ryan, I'm going with Jackson Sermon, and there's a couple reasons for it. Number one, really productive kid. You look at last year as a sophomore, he had 92 tackles, 60 solo. So he had the same number of solo tackles as uh, the kid that we just talked about from Syracuse, Michael Jones, but he didn't have as many honest, he didn't have as many assist tackles for a, a host of reasons. And he played on a, a, not a great defense last year, if we're going to be completely honest with you, but you know, I think he's a big kid. He's a traditional Mike, you know, had four tackles for loss last year. He's a veteran kid. Uh, just, you know, played a lot of football uh, in his, in his time at Washington. And he's transferring to Cal. And this is partly why I have him on my list where I have him on my list. Number one, I think he's going to have a, he's going to play in a really good defensive system. Like I said, he's a pure Mike linebacker. He's going to put up, have a lot of production in that Cal defense. And the one thing I have said in recent years is Cal may not be very good, but they play really good defense and they're tough and they're physical. And you know that the defense is going to be built around him because for two reasons, one, he's going to be their Mike. And number two, his dad's the defensive coordinator. Peter Sermon's the defensive coordinator. And, and what I'm not, saying that like it's kind of funny but like what I mean is nobody's going to know his game as well as his dad is my point right like he's a good football player but his dad's going to know his strengths and weaknesses as well as anybody and be able to put him in good positions and I actually think Cal has some really good players coming back on defense I have two Cal kids on my all opponent defensive team and they're just tough hard nosed their defensive line's not super talented but they battle they scrap I think Jackson Sermon transferring to Cal for his last year is going to is going to result in him having a really a really big jump in production, assuming he can stay healthy, and he's just going to be a good football player. There's going to be sexier guys on the list, Ryan, but if I'm mm-hmm. putting a, a linebacking core together and I've got this kid at Mike and I've got Michael Jones as my will and I'm moving Trenton Simpson all around, you're going to have a hard time running the football on my defense. That's the way I look at it. You know, you, you just are. And that's yeah. why I went with Jackson Sermon because I think he's the pure Mike on this list. He's the pure Mike that they're going to face. And I think he's a good football player. Yeah. Well, there, I mean, some, there's some other players on teams that probably have a higher upside than sure. a Peyton Wolgar or, sure. a, or a Jackson Sermon. But yeah. we're talking about production and kind right. of a cleaner profile to being a good football player. And I, I agree yeah. with you. I think right. what, one thing that people underrate is that, and we talked about this before the show, Cal's offense has not been great over the last couple of years, but Justin Wilcox has done a good job of building a good defense there. Right. So I, I think that when you see what Sermon's going to do, I think he's going to be a very productive football player yeah. for Wilcox in that defense. Teams that, that play on offense is that bad. Usually or def- play with offense is that bad. Usually have a hard time stopping anybody on defense. 
Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I really like about what what Cal has done is they they have they get no help from their offense yet they still go out there and play good football. You know, I mean they they ranked fourth in the Pac-12 last year in total offense, total defense, and yards per play. Uh, they ranked second in the conference last year at, at points per game at twenty two point three, and they got zero help from their offense. I mean, I, I think they ranked last in the conference in, in, in offense. Let me just look that up. Real quick, because I want to make sure that I'm accurate on that. They were near the bottom of that conversation. They, they weren't as low as you'd think because of how bad some other teams are. They ranked I was about to say, seventh. Washington, Washington had to be really low on that list. Colorado was at 257.6 yards per game last year. That is so bad. <laughs> Cal was at 385 yards and still finished seventh in the 12-team conference. Stanford was at 302. Those teams are so bad. They are so bad. Cal finished eighth in scoring at 23.8. How can you score 23 points a game and not be in the bottom four of scoring in your conference? That is so bad. bad. I mean, but think about it, though. You just mentioned, like, Colorado was abysmal. Washington's offense last year was terrible. I don't even know where they are on that list. They're going to be they're going to be a surprising team offensively this year. Better this opinion. year, yeah. I love Kalen DeBoer as an offensive mind. I really do. They have okay talent. They'll have Jalen McMillan. Yeah. That's good talent. But I love him. I mean, he, look what he did for Michael Penix. Yes. I mean, I and don't think that kid's again. super – Yes, I don't – and I don't think that kid's a super talented guy. I just think yeah. Kalen knew – Coach Kalen knew how to – Coach DeBoer, I should say, knew how to use him. And he's going to he, – as long as he's healthy, he's going to have a productive year. Let's yeah. go secondary. Mm-hmm. Ryan, you went with an all Ohio State secondary. The first one we agree on, Ronnie Hickman. Uh, we definitely agree on him. I think he's probably the best safety that they have coming back. I, I'm going to make a case for another guy potentially being that guy. But there's no doubt that Ronnie Hickman's one of the two best safeties that Notre Dame is going to face this year. Second one, however, we had a disagreement on. State your case for Josh Proctor. I mean, I think I think coming into last season, Josh Proctor had claimed to be in the best player in the Ohio State secondary and then he gets hurt early on in the season and I but I think that there's some solid production I think he's a pretty good football player I also think Brian that after Ronnie Hickman I was just kind of like oh man there's not a lot of great safeties on this list if I'll be completely honest so it was like Proctor by default because I think he's just he's a veteran player that's played spurts of good football coming off an injury but I think when you go back to 2020 there was a lot of positives for Josh Proctor. So I'm just mm-hmm. kind of betting on that. He's going to get back to 2020 for him. Cause just not mo- a lot to go off from 2021. For me, 2020, I think Josh Proctor was a good player. Yeah. I just didn't think he was a great player. Mm-hmm. I thought that, I mean, he had 20 tackles in seven games, had a couple games. He got beat a couple times, you know, and it was an all big 10 schedule. And yeah, like we didn't really know kind of what he was. I just, he's he's talented uh, like I'll go with you there I just he's got a lot to prove to me before I can feel comfortable saying yeah that kid that belongs on you know on any kind of all opponent list but I also think it speaks to to me it just speaks to how thin the the position is you know Syracuse has a kid who's a good football player there but you know not a guy that's going to be on my list I think it's more about the the Syracuse team other than Garrett Williams in the secondary is more about the, the, the sum is greater necessarily than the individual parts per, you know, I think to a degree, but you know, I just, you know, for me, when, when I look at Proctor, I just, he's got a lot to prove to me and, and I get the talent. I, I do. I get the talent. I know he's a talented kid, but I just, I don't know. I see a guy that that's not necessarily a great, 
He's just got a lot to prove to me. There, and maybe not, that's because I watched him against Indiana. Resume. Yeah. Yeah. And and yep. and he didn't look great. I didn't think he looked that great against Alabama. But he's a ta- I liked him coming out of high school. I, I did like Would him you? coming out of high school. So to me, the, the reality is that we're getting some Ohio State comments down here from our Ohio State people. Number one, leading a safety leading a team in tackles is not necessarily a boost to the safety as much as it's an indictment on how bad the defense is. Yes. Number one. And then the other comment is, is we can't judge anything that the defense did with Coombs in charge. That's kind of the point, though. You can't just assume that because the new coach comes in that these guys are all of a sudden going to be great players. They got to show something. I mean, that's the reality of it. And it wasn't just the defense was bad. I mean, there were times where they didn't play well. So I get what you're saying, but they that's the whole point, though. They got to show something, right? That's why we're not going to have a million Notre Dame skill players on the list, even though we think they're going to be good. They got to show us something, you know? And, and, and that's how I feel about Ohio State. I also think that Ohio State fans tend to overrate the quality of their defense a little bit. And 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 I should say the talent of their defense a little bit. My second safety mm-hmm. is Daniel Scott from Cal. Now, what we have learned in this show, I'm taking a shot at Ryan here, but it's all in good fun, Uh-oh. is that Ryan is one of those East Coast people that does not stay up late enough to watch the Pac-12. Because, oh, because there are now three guys from the Pac-12 I have on my list that Ryan's like, I have no clue who that is. I'm joking, obviously, with Ryan. Daniel Scott, to me, is is a really good football player. I mean, you're talking about a kid that had 60 solo tackles last year, led their defense. That's, again, that's not a – that says – if you watch how they play, it, it's – like Ronnie Hickman led the defense in tackles last year at Ohio State for two reasons. One, the defense stunk. Two, they use him to come downhill a lot. Like, he's he is that kind of safety. Even if the defense is better this year, Ronnie Hickman's production is still going to be high. That's why he's a no-brainer on my list because of how they use him. Like I would advocate if he played at Notre Dame, he's not a safety. If he played at Notre Dame, I'd probably put him a rover. Well, I, I, I think I've and I, an Ohio State person can correct me if I'm if if I'm wrong about this, but I thought I saw yeah. something that they're playing him as kind of that overhang yeah. in the four-two-five, yeah. like or not in three, some different whatever looks, they play I've heard that three, too. Yeah. whatever, yeah, three-three-five, whatever it is. Yep. Yeah. So he's going to be productive in that regard. I think Daniel Scott's a similar player. And you talk about 60 solo tackles last year, had three picks, had a really key pick six against Northwestern. He's The thing I like about him, Ryan, is I've seen him make plays in two ways. The pick six against Northwestern was he just undercut a quick route and picks it off at like the 10 and runs it back for a touchdown. But then there's a couple mm-hmm. picks he makes where he's playing over top and he's jumping a deep route, helping out and, and picking the ball off, getting over off the hash. And then, of course, he's a really sound tackler. Like, when you look at his production last year, he had 60 tackles. He made a lot of open field tackles. He only had 22 assisted tackles last year. Ronnie Hicks, so Justin Scott had 82 tackles last year. Ronnie Hickman had 98 tackles last year. Ronnie Hickman had 54 solo tackles. Daniel Scott had 60. Ronnie Hickman played in 13 games. Justin Daniel Scott played in 12. This is a really productive kid that's a good pass defender, can play off the hash, can play can play. The post, not it's not where I would use him, but he can do it. Mm-hmm. He's to me more of a cover four, cover two corner in the pass game, and then and the reason I wanted to have him do that because especially cover four is I want to have him coming downhill playing a space. Really good tackler, and and a good cover player reminds me a little bit for what he did for Cal a lot of like what what Brandon Joseph did for Northwestern a couple years ago when they were really good on defense. Not as dynamic as Brandon Joseph, but very similar player. 
I like Daniel Scott a lot, and that's why he is on my all opponent team. Love Cornerback it. Ryan, we were mm-hmm. we were on the same page. The only hesitation I had is I still feel like Tony Grimes by the end of the season could be on this list, but I just I'm not. The other two kids that we're going to go with here are just too experienced, too proven for me to take them off to project someone else to be on there. So we'll talk about a couple guys that could be breakouts this year. But when you talk about the preseason all-opponent team, Ryan, there's two guys that to me are just clearly above everybody else at cornerback. So why don't you go ahead and explain who they are? Yeah, uh, so, I mean, I love that you mentioned Tony Grimes for a second, Brian, because, again, if we're just talking about pure talent, he's probably on the list. But I went with Garrett Williams. He was the no-brainer out of Syracuse. He's been really good for the last two years. He was a little banged up last year. Mm -hmm but still play, I thought, good football overall. And he's got decent speed. He's pretty flexible, changes directions well, smart football player. Like, I just – I really like Garrett Williams, man. Like, mm-hmm. he's just a good all-around football player. Whether you're a man team, zone team, he just plays tremendously on the back end for Syracuse. They have another corner who's decent as well, Deuce Chestnut, but Garrett Williams is a no-brainer for me. And then we went with Caillou Blue Kelly, who is the cornerback out of Stanford. He's another kid, Brian, for me. Talent-wise – he could be the best corner in this in on this all opponent team when it's all said and done. He mm-hmm. is six one, long arms, really nice athlete. He can run, he can change directions. It's been really good in spurts, but then there's also some games where he just yeah. kind of disappears a little bit, right? Yeah. So he needs to be more consistent. But he's an incredibly talented football player for Stanford, yep. which another talented football player that maybe isn't as good as he should be. Who would have yeah. thought from Stanford? So it's insane. Yeah. Garrett Williams, the last two years, has had 20 pass breakups the last two years. That's just breakups. That's not passes defense. That's just breakups. Uh, That's a lot of production. And and I think it also says a lot about their secondary as a whole. Uh, And now keep in mind, those 20 pass breakups have come in 21 games because he only played 10 games last year. To your point, he was banged up last year. Mm -hmm. So he's a to me, he's a really productive player. And again, there's not that one game that he's had like, you know, six pass breakups. He, his career high is three. He did that against yeah. Notre Dame two years ago. The end of the season against Notre Dame. Man. You know, last year it was one, zero, two, one, two, zero, two, one, one, zero. Like he just, he just, he makes plays on the ball. And and he, he, he to, one, one thing I liked about him last year too, Ryan, he became more impactful in the run game last year than he was Good as a tackler. freshman. Yeah, He's a good tackler. Yeah, in twenty twenty as a freshman, he was you know, he wasn't bad against the run. He had a lot of production, but it's like you know he was a kid that needed another year in the weight room. You know what I mean? And it was the COVID year, so they couldn't have as much of that. He was a good tackler in twenty twenty. I thought he was a really good run defender in twenty twenty one, as well as yeah. being a really strong cover guy. So I don't know if there's a better all around corner in college football to be completely honest with you than Garrett That's Williams. Right. I mean, as far as just playing the position, him and Clark Phillips are the two best corners, I think, yeah. in college football. Like, I mean, because guys like Kaylee Ringo are going to be high, more highly coveted from an NFL draft perspective. But, like, just as a pure college football player right now, Garrett Williams is about as good as you can get. And he's a right. good athlete, too. I mean, Brian, the first right. game I saw two years ago was against Clemson where I remember, I don't know if you remember that year, but like Cornell Powell was a good player for Clemson that year, man. He got on top of everybody. It seemed. And I mean, stride for stride, Garrett Williams could run with him. He could run with Amari Rogers, just a really good football player, man. I mean, he's, there's some things that you can quantify. I think he's going to run pretty fast. I think he's going to test pretty well, but like, he's just, he understands where he needs to be on the field. He understands how to leverage wide receivers and just, yeah, he's a really solid player. The problem is he plays at Syracuse. 
and yes. he's just not going to get the respect. And he is also the epitome of why I say I love pro football focus from a data collection standpoint, but they are so terrible when it comes to when it comes to just the other aspects of this game. So they have him as a mediocre player the last two years. So know, they're they're just pretty terrible. But anyway, he's a really yeah. good football player. I think Tony Grimes is a kid that could be on this conversation. I, I know the Ohio State fans probably think Denzel Burke should be in this conversation. He He's just not for me. Uh, Denzel Burke was a good player as a freshman last year, one of the better freshman quarters in the country. But he his production – like we talked about this the other day. One thing we hear I hear from Ohio State fans all the time, Denzel Burke's a great corner based on what? He didn't give up a single touchdown last year. I'm like, he almost gave up three against Michigan. Two, he didn't give up because he yanked the guy and because he was beating the pass interference. And then the other one, the guy beat him. And he tackled him at the one, you know what I mean? So I was like, okay, yeah, he didn't give up a touchdown. Technically speaking, Denzel Burke's yep. a good football player, but he's got it. He's, he's going to need another year to get bigger and strong. Like he, he's going to have it. So he, to me is in, I think his freshman year is a, was a little bit inflated in mm-hmm. regard to the actual production. I think it was really good for a freshman. Yeah. But I think there's assumption that he's going to make the big jump and he might, he could be one of those guys that by the end of the year, we're having this conversation about. He just, yeah. to me, is I can't justify putting him on this list now because these two other guys are incredibly proven and are also talented. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but he's, and then, of course, as I said, Tony Grimes, to me, just a God-given ability, uh, is a guy that I could see being that kind of guy. And then RH said Jordan Hancock's the best corner on the Aussie team. He just can't stay healthy, though. I don't think he's right. going to be, I don't think he's available to start the season with well, for Ohio State. Can, can I throw three guys out there, Brian, yeah. that I think are pretty good corners that deserve a little, a little bit mentioned? I'm actually going to go with Ohio State for a second. If Cameron Brown could ever stay healthy, he's a pretty good player, man. I like Cameron Brown. He's, he's just a good player. He's always hurt, man. He's yeah. just always, always hurt. But he's a good football player, in my opinion. And then Josh DeBerry from Los College is a good football yeah. player. He's a small kid, a little bit undersized. But he's a good football player. And then Marshall has a corner, Stephen Gilmore, who is the younger brother of Stephon Gilmore, who's also a pretty solid Seriously? football player. A little they named yep. one kid Stephon and the other kid Stephen? They 100% did. Please 100% tell me they didn't did. spell the names the same way. No, it's different. Okay, good. S-T-E-V-E-N. Okay, that's cool. Then I'm cool with that. That's different. I thought they were going to spell them the same, just like one's O-N and the other's E-N. I was like, oh, please tell me they didn't do that. But the kid you mentioned before, DeBerry, let me ask you this. Yeah. If we were to say, hey, take out a linebacker. So we're going to take out in. Jackson Sermon, right? And Because we're going to go our nickel pack. So we're going to take out Jackson Sermon, who's a big Mike. We're going to go to our nickel. Who's your nickel? Is it going to? Would it be DeBerry? Because he does a lot yeah. of that for BC. He does a he, lot of nickel he, for BC. He would be 100% my nickel, Brian, because honestly, from an NFL draft perspective, I think he's one of the best nickels in next year's class okay. right now. Like, he's yeah. a really good football player. It's just He's not big. Like he's like five, nine and some change. Maybe like, he's just not a big kid, but he's a real, he's got really good quickness mirror matches. Well, physical player. So I think he'd be really nice in the Nicholas as a force defender too. But I mean, just a matter of fact is like, he's going to get out leveraged by some bigger receivers sometimes, right? Like that's just going to happen, but he's good. He he deserves mention on this list because he's a, honestly, I almost put him as my second corner, but you know, it's, it's again, but he's not really a corner. I mean, he's more of a right. nickel. I mean, that's the thing. And so that's he's why defensive back. That's why I yeah. think it was at least worth mentioning that, that if we went to a nickel alignment for the all-opponent team, he's on it to me. I mean, he right. is. And that's going to be the key for BC because they actually have some decent individual players this year. I think Jaden Woodbay is mm-hmm. a good football player. There's yep. some guys I'm like, yeah, that BC. But can they as a unit be better? That's the question because 
the problem for BC is they have some five, six guys are just good football players. The problem is the other five, six, four, five guys are just not that good. And they just lack speed yeah. overall as a defense. But they're coached really well, and they've got some really good individual players. How yeah. that group steps up this year is going to say a lot about it. So let's yeah, let's the, do there, this there now. The corners – their other corner is not that bad either. The Elijah right. Jones kid, like he's a pretty yeah. solid football player. I yeah. mean, I agree to you. It's just, it's a, it's a few decent parts, but it's a master of none. There's too many games where those just, kids have to yeah. cover for five minutes. I mean, it's just, yes. Uh, yes. they just, they can't, they had, they had a really tough time getting pressure on the quarterback last year without blitzing. I think that's the thing that at times really did BC in when they played teams that could right. really efficiently throw the football. That's where they had some problems because you, you just can't cover all day. And the other mm-hmm. thing, too, is with the Barry specifically, if I know you can't rush me, I will be able to get matchups where I'm going to hurt Barry because I'm just going to I'm going to do something where he's going to have to cover somebody that's bigger than him and yeah. and put him in matchups where I'm, you know, throwing wide fades and just don't say, hey, I'm going to put Lorenzo in a wide fade and throw him a back shoulder because that kid's undersized and he's not going to get any safety help, you know, but yep. if you, that's that all that stuff requires time. Because <laughs> and and that's the thing that has hurt him at times is they just don't at times those kids just have to cover too long, and that's going to be a key for for BC this year.